Hello, hello. I'm your host, Stephanie Martinez Rivera, and you are listening to the Joy Found Here podcast. I am obsessed with reminding my fellow mamas, queens, badass babes, ladies and girls that perfection is just a word, not a lifestyle. Multitasking is overrated. Comparison is a theft of happiness. And yes, you can put yourself first. Oh, and by the way, for optimum results, you should. I'm a New York girl from a small town, part-time badass, proud mama bear times three. I've seen 60 full turns of the sun. I've learned the importance of how kindness begins with you and your self-talk. Join us each week as we help you navigate both the messy and the magical season of this crazy ride called life. Real stories that remind us to reclaim your power. The sun does come out after the shitstorm. A good cry can be cleansing and We really don't know who sits on top of the mountain of judgment. Sit back, plug in, fill up your cup. This is your time. Remember, you've always had the power. Welcome to Joy Found Here. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Joy Found Here podcast. So today we get to speak with Gladys Camacho. Now, don't make fun of the Norican who can cook it, can dance it, and yet doesn't speak it. Third generation, parents' fault, and I bring into this world fourth generation children that are freaking 100% Puerto Rican and uh, nobody speaks Espanol very well. All right, so I'll take this as the public service announcement to anybody out there. And if you know a second language, please teach your children and do not do them the disservice that my parents did and my in-laws did to my husband and that we have continued the tradition. So let it end here. Thankfully, when I saw my guest Gladys, first of all, there is something about her energy that just screams right off the page, number one. And there's just too many, there's a lot in her story. Mm. I'm not going to give anything away. I'm going to let her tell us all about her. But first, thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. It's just so exciting for me to be on here with you to just have a chat, have a conversation from faraway places, but that can align and have a chat. I love that. Yeah. And again, like I said, right before I hit the record button, I have no written questions. Not that, uh, you know, believe me, a lot of podcasts, I see it Mm -hmm. and they have just a very different structure. This is Stephanie just being like, hey, hi, friend, you look interesting. Uh, Wow. Is that your story? I want to know more. Mm -hmm. Gladys. Tell us about you anywhere you'd like to start. Yeah, Puerto Rican parents, right? And born in Chicago. So I was born in Puerto Rico, born in Mm -hmm. Chicago, and then moved to Milwaukee, Wisconsin when I was about 10 years old. I don't want to get into the negative, but the fact is that the earlier part of my life was challenging and did a lot of uh, raising myself and, and having to learn a lot of things the hard way in those really crucial years, you know, that pubescent time. Mm-hmm. And then because there was, you know, lack of that parenting, if you will, had my son a month after I turned 16. Huh. And the challenges began in a different way. Now okay. I'm a child raising a child. I'm okay talking about what happened the difficulties, the challenges, because 
it didn't stop there. You know, there's a lot of people who have difficult childs and then that just continues on until they they Mm -hmm. die. Mm -hmm. And that didn't happen for me. You know, I have joy and I found my purpose and, and I'm here and I'm a professional and I made it out of poverty. But I'm glad that those difficult years are behind me and that Mm -hmm. I grew from that experience. That's loaded in itself. The minute you said right after my 16th birthday, I think we'd all go back in our time to be like, what? Like, how can that happen? And then still go on. And I know one thing that you say in your bio Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. that you didn't want to be the statistic. Mm -mm. No. You know, Stephanie, I remember when I was 16, dropped out of high school, didn't know what to do with my life. And uh, two years, I was in that stage for two years. And then I turned 18 and I looked at my son and he was two. I swear to you, I looked at him and said, what are you going to think of me later Mm. Um, if I don't do something for myself, if I don't give you the example that you deserve. And I didn't want to be a statistic because all I heard at 16 was all the statistics. Right. Your life is over, number one. Oh, oh yeah. Your life is over. Teen mom this, teen Mm -hmm. mom that. You'll have, you know, another child within two years. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the, the, I was in a high school that had a daycare in the high school because there was so many teenage pregnancies. Wow. Yeah. Huh. And so I heard all the statistics and then looking at my childhood, you know, how I grew up fatherless and, you know, grew up with, you know, mom who didn't have a career. And for many years, was your mother a teenage mom or yes. she mom? got married? And she got yeah. married in Puerto Rico um, mm-hmm, with my mm-hmm. father when she was mm-hmm. 15. No, she wanted just, to get yeah. out of her house and yeah. then had my oldest brother when she was uh, about 16. And she was the statistic. Yes, she ended up having five more after him, back to back to back to back to back, right? And then my two sisters, they ended up being teen moms and they were older than me. So it was like, Family traditions that are usually like, oh, let's make this recipe as our tradition. Our recipe was have a baby as a teen mom. <laughs> Instead of pastella Sunday, which is Instead our. Seriously. <laughs> and no one know. told me. No one told me, Stephanie. No one told me. I didn't have the guidance. As a matter of fact, when I got pregnant with, I know this is going to sound weird for your listeners <laughs> and sad, but this was true for me. This is what happened to me. When I found that I was pregnant, I was in high school. I went to see the nurse. They did a pregnancy test. I used a public phone. Remember those? A pay phone. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. hey. So I called my house to say, hey, I'm pregnant. And I was okay. I wasn't scared. And my family was happy. Now I'm seeing, I look at my kids. I look at my grandkids. And I'm like, if you called me and told me you were pregnant, when well, my daughter told me she was pregnant and she was 19, I had a heart attack. So for me, that was okay. Mm-hmm. And as I got older, I'm like, no, that was not okay. I needed someone to sit my butt down and say, here, right. these are the birds and the bees. Don't do this. Do this and give me some guidance. 
I think it would have been hard, though, from another part of your story that I heard, even mm-hmm. if you, I'll say, had the guidance at home, the fact that you did a pregnancy test at the school nurse, is that yes. what I heard yes. you? Okay, so it was equipped for, they read the room. And they realized what was happening, obviously, in the neighborhood, in their demographic at the time. And thankfully, they had at least those things there just as a little catch-all so that you don't have to. You can get the high school diploma or you can, you know, have someone watch the baby while you finish. And because that's what life will be is, is daycare and all of that stuff. So, wow. And then... I wanted more and I ended up going back to school, got my high school diploma, went on to take some college courses. I wanted to be in the medical field. Well, that didn't work out because I needed to feed that child. I needed Mm -hmm. to make sure that I got a job to take care of him. And I ended up doing that. I ended up getting my first real job answering phones at a temp agency internally at the temp agency inside for them because my brother worked there. And then I didn't know what I was getting myself into. And that was the blessing for me Mm -hmm. because that is where my career started. You know, I became a recruiter four months later and um, started recruiting for them and then went on to, you know, another agency, got into HR, 20 seven years recruiting and in human resources. That was where my career landed after all that happening to me at a young age. Um, And I I talk to my son now, who is a pastor at a church. You know, I'm I'm just so, so happy for him. I ended up having, you know, more children after him. And I talk to my kids and they tell me, you know, how, how proud they are. And that when they have issues or concerns at work, they can call me. They trust me and my my professional opinion. And it's so funny because my son just told me two weeks ago, he said, you know, mom, you're like my Swiss army knife. When I need this, when I need that, I just, you know, I know Mm -hmm. to call you. And I, I don't think I'll ever forget that comment that knowing so many years later, since he was young, he can count on me. I wasn't, I didn't want to ever let my children down. And clearly you haven't. Something in you was different. And I don't know if you were happy about being pregnant. They were happy. The family, it was well-received, but sometimes you're not that happy. It was like, okay, here I am in this situation. And I guess it didn't feel foreign to me because of the environment. It wasn't foreign. My sisters, they each Mm -hmm. had two children at the time each. And so I was around these kids and these babies and they were Mm -hmm. young moms and they were in, you know, relationships of their own. And I was the youngest of six. And so I had seen everything that had happened, you know, right before Mm -hmm. my eyes, I was seeing life happen for them. And I had to make decisions that were different. I think that the one thing that did carry over for me Mm-hmm. I struggled with the nurturing of my children, the nurturing. Mm-hmm. I worked hard. I didn't miss a day of work. I did the things I needed to do to put food on the table. At one point, having two jobs, like I did those things, but to the detriment of my children many times because I wasn't nurtured. I didn't nurture them as much sure. as I should have. And mm-hmm. now that they're older, I can talk to them frankly about mm-hmm. that. And we know that the struggle was real for me because of we didn't have it from our mother um, or father. I didn't have a dad at all in my life. And so I struggled with that. 
So yes, I did the one thing right, which was do something with your life, be an example, let them see that they don't have to be in a box that the world puts us in. And I, I say, talk mm. about that in the website, mm-hmm. the limiting beliefs mm-hmm. that we can't, that we can't, that we can't. Bust out. Yes, you can. You can bust the heck out of the box. It's digging deep into your who. When you find your who, your what will come. That's what I tell my clients. That's how I live today. When you know and understand and find your who, your what automatically comes. So we're going to get to your career and then all of our, there are no coincidences. It's because we were supposed to meet and cross and record this and all of that. But I'm only imagining also, so at your, let's say, first job at the temp agency, Mm -hmm. now you're around other adults and now you're getting some modeling of example, of behavior, of adulting, of maybe what it really looks like. And you were still at such a young age that, okay, I'll do it this way. This is this is what they're doing. So I'll make sure I want to keep this fun job. It was not easy for me, Stephanie, because there's a difference between being confident and there's a difference mm-hmm. between professional confidence. Mm-hmm. My confidence was just speak up, speak your mind. And so when I was in the room with all these people, I always had my hand up. I always had something to say. I always had that energy, right? You're that, not shy. You're not the wallflower. You know what? You know what? I'm still partly an introvert, though. People don't believe me when I say You that, can be but, an introvert and not shy. Well, then that's what I am. And it's hard for people to understand that, though, that you can be an introvert and... And still be shy. But you can yeah. be. Anyways, I had to... I was. People were modeling. Um, the people that I was around, I didn't work in places where people look like me. Then there's that. Let's go on on the on the odd man out on the brown girl. Go on. I was definitely the brown girl who always had to straighten my hair for 20 something years because I wanted to try to fit in. Right. However, I learned a lot. I learned a lot during that time. I learned that there are times where you can speak and there's times to be silent. And there's that mm-hmm. that professional confidence you have to gain. And that took a while because there was no modeling. No one in my family had an office job, but it took many years for me to find that professional confidence that I needed. But if you are the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. You're in the wrong room. Yeah. Stephanie, I had to put myself in uncomfortable situations where I was not the smartest, but I was learning. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I petrified and scared in my 20s, right? Like, I don't know what half the things these people are talking about, especially Mm -hmm. when I got into my HR career, but I was learning mistakes. I was learning and I was taking it all in. It is a lot. It's not just hiring and raises and it's not. So tell me about your HR journey. Oh, yeah. I started in HR in a foundry. Like it was all industrial manufacturing, hardcore, not the easiest environments because you're dealing with a lot of um, people who, you know, they're not white collar. Let's just say that, Mm -hmm. right? They're not Mm -hmm. white collar. 
And so, and a foundry is um, like stone and quarry and a foundry is materials metal. They were making making castings, right? So, oh, okay, castings. Okay, they were making Mm -hmm. them. So they're boiling metal at you know fourteen hundred, three thousand degrees, and you know I'm in this very challenging experience. Safe to say, it's a male dominated. Company. Oh, don't even did we did, did we say that part? Oh, don't <laughs> get me started on that. I was the only female, twenty-one years old, working in this in this in this manufacturing factory environment. There was one older lady, like you know, in her sixties, who did some of the other HR stuff. I was mm-hmm. the assistant. She did you know some other benefit stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyways, very rough. Oh, I was sexually harassed mm-hmm. horribly, like horribly. It was rough and i i don't know what about me didn't say i hate this type of stuff i don't ever want to do this type of work anymore this is awful no i i worked there for you know well over a year and then i was married at the time and my husband at the time found out that there was some um sexual harassment i was touched i can't even get into all of it but mm-hmm. And then he he went to my company and addressed the situation and I gave my notice. I still gave a three weeks notice. How damn polite am I for crying out? Oh my goodness. I went to the director and he pretended to take notes down and didn't do anything. And that was it. And I'm like, what do I do? I'm 21. I was petrified. There wasn't the laws and all this stuff that there is now. Anyways, what I did is I ended up finding another job, right? I ended up finding, you know, another opportunity recruiting. And then I went to healthcare, you know, uh, recruiting in home health and, you know, doing all of that onboarding and all that wonderful stuff. They didn't even call it onboarding back then, by the way. Um, And so, (laughs) you know, so things are different back then. And then I ended Mm -hmm. up, you know, then I ended up just going into like my first HR generalist role Mm -hmm. and really then doing everything, right? I was at a company for almost nine years and I did everything. Literally, there was nothing that I didn't do in HR everything. Now that I think about it, why did I do everything? Like benefits administration to mm-hmm. leaves. I did mm-hmm. it all anyways, mm-hmm. but that was such a blessing because from there I got my first management role and then I grew and I've been through it all right. Uh, in HR, there's not a role I haven't done. There's not a particular function I have not done in human resources. And I actually enjoyed my time in the industry. That field is great. I did run out at the end. I did because I did it for so long. And um, then it was like, yeah, what else is for me? What is is there for me? What am I going to do now? And so when I reached my top, my top, not what other people say is your top, right? You need to be an executive vice president of human resources. You know, you need to be a CHRO, you Mm -hmm, know, mm -hmm. when I reached my top, you know, after 27 years, I made some changes. It was great when it was great. Can I say that? It was great when it was great. I love I love that line. And I love that you say, when I hit my top, right. because you weren't measuring yourself compared to what they, again, air quotes, everybody yeah. knows I love my favorite people, they, <laughs> what they say, oh, she wasn't, oh, she reached the top, but she wasn't the, you know, chief people officer, and mm. she wasn't the this, and she wasn't, and they, they come mm. up with these names, I'm like, 
really? And some of the job descriptions, like, holy crap, why don't you just call it like, you know, three jobs in one that a woman needs to run? That's right. It's, you know, it's HR, it's operations. It's yeah. uh Uh-huh. And then some. And that's where Stephanie, I have mastered in my life. Mm -hmm. What is enough is enough for me. And I can vocalize it. I can do something about it confidently. I'm not afraid to express this is enough. And that was enough for me. I didn't need to be at someone else's top. I had a very awesome position at the end of my career. I was mm-hmm. working in a, you know, healthcare industry, you know, with, with a, you know, eight, 17, 18 clinics. I was uh, the business partner, then manager, then mm-hmm. senior con- HR consultant. I was doing projects. I was just doing a lot of stuff, training and development and all kinds of amazing things. And, and that was great, but that was enough. It was not for me anymore. And it was like, okay, what am I going to do now? What am I going to do? Love now? it. And I had the support that I needed, right? I had I had the support, which is great. That definitely helps. Definitely helpful. But again, you knew not many people on this show or in life can honestly say that's enough for me because no. that saying I'm enough to be like, check, please. Peace out. Yep. I'm going to do something else now, guys, because I can. Yes, but right now, this is what I'm finding. There are so many people who are fed up. They're tired. They're burned out. They are in what they would consider their gutter, but their gremlin is telling them you can't Mm -hmm. do this. So fear is shackled them. And see, that's the thing I think that with me is that fear has not shackled me. There has been fear, except I knew where the key was. I got the key and I unshackled myself, period. And I did it through that little gremlin talking to me, through the ups and downs and ebbs and flows of it. I did it. I did it because I matter. I value myself, my mental health, my well-being, the people around me. It's just so valuable to me that if I didn't make the change, I would be in a place of darkness. And I wanted to be in the light. Healthy and in the light, I might add. 100%. I love the analogy of the shackles because, again, how many people feel trapped, tied, whatever the financial responsibilities are. So I'm curious as to, you made your plan, Mm -hmm. you executed your plan well, and now you became a coach and clearly... You were smart and stay and like, hey, where's my superpower? Oh, I know. (laughs) HR, that's my superpower. (laughs) And so your services are for HR professionals. Yeah, and not exclusive, not exclusive. mm -hmm. However, we understand each other. And Mm -hmm. so it's a great place for me to digress into that HR, but it's more on um, where are you stuck? Where are you shackled? You know, it doesn't matter if you're you're shackled to in your marriage or you're shackled in your, whatever the case is, right? A lot of it is career, but a lot of it is, I just feel stuck in whatever the case is. I do resonate with a lot of HR people and I see what the HR people are going through right now. 
And I'm just, I can help you. Some people may feel shackled or tied to their job and they're okay with that. And that's Mm -hmm. fine. What I do is help you find joy at work, whether it's the work you're at now or another work or job, Mm -hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so it really, it's about finding that joy at work. And so, yeah, I focus on HR people because HR people need people too. That's what I'm here for. I still see so many HR folks unsure, uncertain, and they may feel stuck maybe in, in their role. Like there's a lot of recruiters don't want to be a recruiter. They want to be doing other things. And there's these VPs and all these people, uh, you know, who, who, and people in general in their career, like, I don't know. You know, and that was kind of also was motivation for me. You know, 5 million people left the workforce. That's all we kept hearing. 5 million people left the workforce and they don't know what they want to do. And then they wanted to start coming back to the workforce because now they're broke. And so now I need to get back into the workforce, but I don't know what I want to do. I'm not sure, but I'm so comfortable at home. Now I want to do everything from home. And so Mm -hmm. there's a lot of challenges right now for HR people. I'm not here to tell you to change your circumstances as an HR person. I'm here to say you can still find joy at work. Let's let remember when we figure out and you are able to dig into your who, your what will appear. And that is what I'm here to tell people. Here's what I'm hearing. And that is you're helping people get back in touch with feelings because that's how you start to figure out who and what you do. And at work, you just, you know, it can become so robotic. That, you you know, especially if you've done it for a while, well, you could do it, you know, with your eyes closed and hand, hands tied behind your back. Mm-hmm. And where's the joy there or even the challenge? Forget levels of emotions and feelings, just maybe even the challenge. Yeah, the challenge will come again. It's, it's really identifying and looking into our who, which is why I do mm-hmm. an energy um, assessment with people and give them this assessment to find out how are they showing up because most people don't even know how they're showing up. And mind you, Stephanie, most people don't even know what they're feeling at any given moment. So I show them a feeling wheel so that yes. we can go through the feeling wheel because they don't even know what they're feeling. They just yep. think they're upset or they just think they're burned out. But let's dig deeper, dig deeper, peel away those layers. Everything is surface level in this world. Everything is surface level. We don't need to go deeper there. It's okay. We don't need to know. Let's go right. deep and mm-hmm. then we're going to get there. And so that's really, it's, 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 not want to see just getting people getting in touch with their feelings, but just understanding and awareness of their, who they are, how they're showing up. Mm-hmm. If you're showing up miserable at work every day, cause you're, you know, you probably feel miserable. Let's talk about that. And so that's really what I go through with people and, and people are, are changed and transformed. And it just takes processing audibly, listening to yourself when people ask you questions and when you're processing, then things start to look a little different, a little different. And that's what I help with people as a coach, especially tackling that gremlin. So awareness or rediscovering awareness because our world got automated very quickly. Mm. And do we even have to put a code in? No, we just got to look in front of something and thank you, AI. It'll, it'll talk for us. It'll do everything for us. So what do we need to do? 
No, we don't even need to think anymore. I don't even know how to spell. It's just like, wow. I don't even need to talk to another human being about what you really and how to forward this action. How many people's phone numbers do you really know? uh, Exactly. If you lost your cell phone. You're in trouble. Outside of your immediate whoever. After that, that's uh, it's a stretch. It is. It is. And a lot of people think that, oh, well, I got to, you know, uh, you know, p- therapy is great for some people. And that's dealing with the past, dealing with trauma, mm-hmm. dealing with that. I help people forward the action. You're stuck somewhere. You're you're having this. You're feeling this way. You're 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 shackled. You're OK. Let's forward this action. What do where do you see yourself in six months? All right. Let's get you there. Let's work backwards. Where are you at six months? And then let's work backwards. What can you do tomorrow to get there? And that is really powerful work to get people where they need to be so that they are inside feeling good and confident, can sit up straight, right? I don't know. I could talk about this stuff. I just love it. I love it. Well, it's teaching them, right? It's, you know, how to rediscover. Because again, so much has been either numbed, turned off, or just not paid attention to. Or confusing. There's a lot of confusion out there. Mm-hmm. A lot, because everyone wants to tell you how you should react, how you should this. And people Google too many things, right? <laughs> you know, like Google yourself, you know, go into yourself, you know. And so there's a lot of confusion out there. I like that. That's so smart. Google yourself. Go in and look and see what answers pop up. For yourself, inside yeah. you, not someone yeah. else's answers. What happens when we have a symptom of something? My daughters are like, I Googled it, mom. Stop Googling it. You know, like, <laughs> don't get Google your life, you know, your way out of out of this right. situation. Right. You know? so, yeah. 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 No, good. the apps that they have. Yeah. No, it's wonderful. It's convenient. We didn't have any of that. And still, sometimes I sit back. I'm like, OK, question mark. I don't know. But there's nothing better. I can't Google this conversation with you, Stephanie. True. I can't Google this. I can't Google what this is like, what this experience is like. Mm-hmm. My experience mm-hmm. is mine. I can't Google that. And that is what people need to understand. I would hope people want to discover and understand their own experience and how you can get an experience. If you don't like this experience, you can get another one. Do you know you can? Mm. That's really forwarding the action. Yeah. That's the thing. You had the power. You always knew you had the power and you put yourself in a position to really weld your power in your career and now helping the others do so. And I just love the fact that you were good where you were, like you reached your top and love that work should be fun. It shouldn't be a chore. I mean, believe me, there are manual labor, like, but again, the people that are doing it are still there doing it. They may not find a joy in it because they have people that are depending on them and that they're responsible for or whatever the case may be, but they're still doing it. But you can, it's possible to get a a little realignment. That's right. And that's where Camacho Coaching comes in. So tell us, where do you hang out? Is it Instagram? Is it Facebook? Is it LinkedIn? A website? You know, I'm on Instagram. That's really a a platform that I'm, you know, working on. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm definitely on, you know, LinkedIn. A lot of my stuff is posted on Facebook. I do have a website, CamachoCC.com. 
So Camacho, C-A-M-A-C-H-O-C-C.com. That's where you can read my story. That's where you can see, uh, read the testimonials, see, be impacted by what the power um, of coaching is and how I can help you. Yeah. So Facebook, you know, uh, LinkedIn is a lot. I kind of transfer information mm-hmm. back and forth between LinkedIn and Facebook and, and my website. So that's definitely where you can find me. You can email me at info at CamachoCC.com and just ask me some questions. I'd be happy to answer questions for anyone who may have questions and, and don't understand them. I mean, I'll sit with someone for an hour. I'm not charging for an hour. Just sit down and then let me just go through this with you. And, and you'll see in that short amount of time what this is, what it really looks like. A lot of people don't understand what coaching is. They think it's mentoring. They think it's um, advice giving. They think it's therapy. No, 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 no. This is completely different. And I want people to experience it so I can dedicate an hour for someone to just kind of go through it and then kind of go from there. So yeah, that's where you can find me. Kind of showing them the possibilities that exist. I really appreciate, you know, being able to share this with you, Stephanie, and and going through this with you and being able to, to, you know, share a little bit about my story. Love, love, love your story. It's, you know what, it's it's a true testament of you're not a product of your environment. Right. God doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't. No. And, you know, he may test you a little. He may give you a little contrast. So mm-hmm. this way, as you're clawing your way up and out to bigger and better, you know what you're looking for. You got it. Well, this has been such a pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much. Thank you for geeking uh, some HR (laughs) stuff with me for a while. I'm like, yes, yes, just absolutely positively. Thanks for indulging. Oh, thank you for having me. Guys, check her out. You know, again, if you're looking for joy, and I'm just going to say, if you're looking for joy, no, uh, yes, pun intended, of course, my goodness, joy at work. She can show you how to find it. Yeah, that's find right. It. You probably had it all along, but maybe it might be buried. Maybe you forgot. A lot of different things could happen and that's okay. But rediscovery is that and know that it's there and it is available. That's right. That's awesome. Thank you so much. That has uh, been a pleasure. It sure has. I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for this time. And thank you for, for sharing. And thank you for your audience for listening. Yes, yes. So, Here's the deal. Yes, another good one. Thank you. So first things first is, you know, now we're into our starting in our hundreds episode. So we thought it would be fun if we had at least 100 reviews. So we're challenging everybody to go and leave their five star review. I say five, please four, keep walking. You know, you can hit the button for five. So 555 it is, Spotify especially, and my friend Apple, who has been with us from the start. Comments, I want to hear them. No one is unscathed. This affects all of us, all of us, I tell you, especially in this uh, interesting world and time that we're living. Joyfoundhere.com is where you're going to send them. And as always, thank you, thank you, thank you. We are honored that you give us your time each and every week. And keep on listening. We will keep delivering. Until next time, be well. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Joy Found Here podcast. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, please share it with a friend. And of course, if you haven't already done so, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. 
Don't forget to head over to joyfoundhere.com for any questions, comments, and feedback. Until next week, keep your head up and your crown straight. You've got this.